Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is Make heroes make money with my good friend Steve Elwell. How's it going, Steve? Hey, pretty good. It's uh, kind of interesting to actually see each other when we do this. I know. Yeah, this is the first I've had Steve on my podcast multiple times, but now that it's all video, we had to pretty ourselves up the best we could. Yeah, sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) We're on the wrong side of that. We got a great topic today. Steve's a very good friend of mine. I've said it before. He is a good friend. He's also like a mentor to me when it comes to sales and marketing and then business. He really is a very knowledgeable guy. I think that comes out if you listen to any of the podcasts I've done with him. But this is a topic that we struggled with in the, the make hero, make money title. We even struggled with that because it's a big topic and we'll get into it in a minute, but it's really about sales and it's about leadership and it's about actually living a better life. If you kind of go beyond this, Steve and I were trying to make this a bigger bigger than it was to fit this all in 35 minutes. We're like, I have to talk about this more about a sales thing, but there's a deeper philosophical discussion about all this. So we'll try and keep, we'll try and stay out of the deep end and make this all about selling more and making more money. (laughs) So before we get into all that, (laughs) let's not make it too egghead, you know, nobody wants, we're not going to make, nobody wants church. No, no. (laughs) That's not why they're coming here. No. So Steve, please introduce yourself and your company. Well, I'm Steve Elwell. I'm the founder and or main guy for a company called the iDev Partners. And uh, we're in the business of helping companies essentially rescue themselves. What that means is, is that over a period of time, companies will get themselves into trouble. And I and and some of my people will come in and help them get out of trouble and lead them to a place where they they can get out of trouble themselves. Right. And Steve, when we were talking about this the other day, you gave that little spiel and I said, when, when I said something about turnaround, you're like, oh, I don't really use that term. And then yeah. I said, I think we talked about transformation and everything was not quite a good fit for what you guys do. So talk a little more about the approach you like to use without going into too much detail. Yeah. No, what, what we do is, so a company will find itself in a position that it doesn't want to be in for a variety of reasons. And, and we don't necessarily know what they are going in. It's usually something leadership based. You know, most turnarounds will have three components. It'll have finance, it'll have strategy, and then there's the leadership piece. We do the finance and the strategy, but we focus on the leadership element of it because what we realized is that when we got into these businesses, The people who are there know what to do by and large. Um, They've already got the answers. It's just a matter of creating an environment for them where they can do what they already know how. Sometimes that means removing people who are not the right folks. Sometimes it means building up people who are the right folks. But in the end, what we find is that we end up recruiting an army of people who are already working in these companies to band together to, to save it. And it's a tremendously powerful thing. Right. And I think it's better than your approach. And again, a lot of the stuff we're going to talk about in just a minute is some of the approach you use when you talk, you talk about making heroes. And I think what's also interesting is, and this is as we get into our fifties, we've kind of realized some of this is 
we've all been part of organizations where you've been told what to do. We're not only told what to do, but how to do it. Follow the process, get the results. And sometimes you don't get the results, but you've been following the process. Other times you're following the, you get the results, but you didn't follow the process. But what we start to realize is as we get a little older, everybody wants to feel like their life was worth living, like they're going for, to work for some more meaning beyond following the process. And, Absolutely. and we're going to talk about in just a minute, this story brand, which is a book by Donald Miller. And kind of the thesis of the story brand is don't make yourself the hero, make the customer the hero. But I know you guys use the same kind of philosophy in a business transformation or business turnaround or whatever you want to call it. You say, look, these people are the heroes of this business. I don't want to be. I'm the outsider. I'm going to leave in six weeks. (laughs) Yeah, no, we take no credit. We're very explicit about it. We don't take any credit for anything that's going on. We're paid to be there and we're not there to threaten. We're not there to take the place of none of that. We're there to help them achieve what they want to achieve as a business, as an individual. At the end of this whole thing, people's careers are better. They're the ones who benefit from this. And that's as it should be. Right. So we're going to jump right into this. So there's a book called Story Brand. I just talked about it for a second. And it's written by a guy named Donald Miller. And Donald Miller is an excellent author. And what's interesting is you got to go over to his website, storybrand.com. I read his book a few years ago and I told Steve, hey, you got to read this book. It's, it's It's a marketing book, but it's also very much a sales book. And if you look a little deeper, it's about leadership. Sales is often about leadership. So is marketing. We're all trying to persuade in a positive way. We're all trying to have some influence, but not in a manipulative way, not in a a way that I'm taking advantage. We want to have a positive influence in all ways, right? So let's get into this. So StoryBrand has seven principles. We'll go over those seven principles, and I'll put a link to the book in in the show notes and definitely get over to see StoryBrand. But I'm sure we can't do justice to Donald Miller's principles as well as he can. He's got tons of videos to check those out, but we can tell what we learn from it. So the first principle of story brand is the customer is the hero, not your brand, not you. So to speak to that a little bit, Steve. Well, that's exactly what we were just talking about a second ago. I mean, they are the hero. The problems come in when you try to usurp their role. You're not there for you. You're there for them. And if you're operating on from the standpoint of, hey, we're here for you, aren't we the great guys? We're going to come in here and rescue you with our product or our service or whatever the heck it is. It's like, why? The bar to get, you've got to trust me and you've got to do this and you've got to do all these things. And why are you so great? And you, you're competing with your customer when you do that. Stop. Right. And so, so this is, this is why testimonials are so important. And this is why kind of putting your customer first and saying, look, you have a problem. You brought me in and I'm going to help you solve that problem. And you're going to be the hero. And we've used this shorthand a lot, Yoda and Luke Skywalker. When you come in, you're not Luke Skywalker. You're not coming in saying, hey, I'm going to make everything great for you. I'm going to be the hero. You know, you're saying, I'm Yoda. I've helped companies like yours through similar transformations. And that's kind of what we're talking about. I'm going to take you from, from a place where you're at now, which is probably not ideal if you're talking to me, and take you to a better place. Right. And that's the game. I mean, that's everything. Look, Yoda, Yoda's a wonderful character, right? But he doesn't slay Darth Vader and he doesn't blow up the Death Star or do any of this stuff, right? But, but if he hadn't done what he had done, right? I mean, then what? You know, would that have ever happened? The satisfaction is getting the results and having other people get the credit. But it, had you not done your role, you would, you know, they wouldn't be where they are. And that's, and to know that is enough. 
If you have to be that person, if you have to be that salesperson that gets all the credit and, and has to be the center of attention at all times, good luck. <laughs> and Steve, this is where this goes a little deeper, and we won't go too, we'll stay in the shallow end, but this is where, when we were talking about this prepping, we've all had bosses or coaches or parents or somebody who made us feel like a hero. And they were helping us. They didn't want any credit. They were like, hey, I'm going to help you do something. And they got you to a place. And those are the kind of people, they could call you, might not have talked to them in five five years, and they can call and say, hey, I'm 100 miles from your house, and I got a flat tire. Come pick me up. You'd be like, hell yes, jumping in the car right now. You will run through walls for those people who make you successful and want you to be successful, want you to be the hero of your story. So this is a really important topic. And so when you're marketing, don't make it about you and <laughs> make it about, hey, this is this is what my customers accomplish. This is what we can help you do. Yeah. I mean, look, it's it goes back. I think I've said this before to you. Like, look, you don't buy drills, you're buying holes. And why are they talking? Well, because they have a problem. They have some, and it's not about your damn drill. It's not about, hey, my drill is wonderful. Well, nobody cares. You and everybody else's damn drill. Come on. Sadly, not, you know, there's a bazillion products and services out there. And to be perfectly honest, none of them are all that interesting. I mean, it's sorry. Donald Miller, Donald Miller says, in a lot of, you'll see, I think he also has these videos called Business Made Simple. And he talks a lot about this whole idea of nobody cares about your stuff. They care about their stuff. I care about my bills. I care about my kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sitting in a chair right now. Okay. There's a bazillion chairs like that. Do I care about the chair? No, I care that I don't have to stand up. <laughs> right. Steve, one of the things I think when we talk about transportation logistics, a lot of times it's a very inward focused business where we don't talk about, oh, I'm coming to help the food supply chain or the cold chain. I say, I have over 100 reefers. And in addition to my 100 reefers, I have a cold chain (laughs) warehouse. And in addition to that, I have a network of cold chain. And you're like, yeah, wow, you're sensational. Tell me more how good you are. (laughs) This is unbelievable. This is the best day of my life. (laughs) Yeah, I got trucks. Yeah, great. And what we should be saying is, let me understand your problem. And let's make you the hero. Let's get you to a place from a bad place where you're at right now or less than desirable to the promised land. And I'm not looking for credit. I'm looking, you can write me a check every month, but that's not my ask. Fair game, right? We're not, nobody's doing this stuff for free. (laughs) So let's get on to the second principle. And this uh, second principle is companies tend to sell solutions to external problems, but customers buy solutions to internal problem. So speak to that external problem versus internal problem dilemma that we all run into. Oh, hey, I got to move my stuff from Detroit to Cincinnati. Okay. External problem. No problem there. I mean, it's not a thing. Well, now should I pick you to do it? Okay. Well, now I've got to trust you. Now I've got an internal problem. Now I've got, hey, my boss is in, in my face. Hey, I'm trying to get promoted. And you can't see that. That's embedded in the problem of I've got to move my stuff from Detroit to Cincinnati. Oh, and it shows it shows up busted or spoiled or some other thing, right? Well, great. Anybody can move something from Detroit to Cincinnati. There's a lot of there's a lot of companies that can do that for you, but not a lot of companies can address the issues of the guy, his trust, what he wants to accomplish personally. And you can't get. I mean, you can guess at it. Ideally, you know, he tells you. What's not known is in that conversation of, hey, I've got a whole bunch of shipments that have to move, a whole bunch of orders that have to move from Detroit to Cincinnati. What's not said is, uh, 
I don't want you to hurt me. I don't want you, I don't want you to prevent me from getting the promotion or help me lose my job. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've shut down my customer five times before this. And if it happens again, I'm gone. And so if you do me wrong, I'm fired. Yeah. Right. So it's interesting. It, again, we tend to focus a little bit too much on the external problem. And so in a lot of ways, you'll hear people even say it when you're creating like a PowerPoint presentation is take out all this fluff here take this out, take that out. I only want the facts. Give me just the facts. And what we always hope is that we're going to go see a customer who's going to make rational decisions. And that we all, as consumers, as business people, we want to make rational decisions. But what we more likely do is make irrational decisions and then try to justify them with the facts after the facts. Oh, I'll take take you one further. (laughs) Not more likely every time. Every single time people say, hey, I'm making a rational decision. No, human beings don't make rational decisions. That's not what we are. We do our very best to control that. Right. So I buy from Steve because I trust Steve. Steve might also actually be the best guy for the job, but I didn't pick him because of what he said about his trucks. I picked him because he made me feel like he won't let me fail. He won't let me down. I can count on that guy. Yeah, and if this is not the first time we've done business together, I haven't let you down in the past, right? That counts too. Hey, don't don't hurt me. There's all these different things that are in play here and all these things that can be offered that don't have anything to do with what's actually on the invoice. And that's where the action is. That's where you play. The rest of this stuff, I love the sales guys that run around and want to talk about their product to your point, right? And it's like, hey, As if the purchasing community wasn't trying to commoditize you enough already, you're going to do it to yourself. (laughs) Genius. Genius. Steve, Steve, it's funny. I do this podcast, obviously, you've been on it. And one of the things I've noticed is sometimes when I think it's very important that you be able to talk about the problems that you solve. And if you can't talk about the problems in a way that resonates with the prospective customer, then you fail. Because we just assume that I'm talking about this great transportation management software or this supply chain software or my trucks. And I assume that you just quickly understood that that solves all your problems because I I know it does. You just haven't figured it out yet. But we make them connect those dots. And so we don't talk about, here's the problems I solve. And it's interesting is we all want peace of mind. We want to be able to go home on Friday and say, whew, I dodged some bullets this week. Those guys helped me out, which brings us to principle three. So principle three is customers aren't looking for another hero. They're looking for a guide. And that guide is going to guide them on some sort of transformation. So maybe right now things are bad. I can't get trucks. We've had some freight claims. I hate my current provider. Somebody reaches out. So when somebody reaches out and says, I've got trucks or I've got software, I've got whatever you need. Again, these guys are looking for a guide. Show me. Show me, take me on this transformation from a bad place to a good place. Look, anyway, I I love it. I got a tool. I've got a truck. I've got a piece of software. So what? (laughs) I don't care. I'm in the food business. I'm in some other business. I care about that. Even I really don't care about that that much. I care more about my role in it and these other things that are going to happen to the people around me. That's what I care about. So why would I spend a lot of time learning your business? If I wanted to know your, if I wanted to learn your business, I'd be in your business. And getting back to the overall story brand, and the reason that Donald Miller uses this is his point is 
We all use stories. We see stories. We go to movies. We tell stories. That's how we've communicated for millions of years. Forever. What's interesting about that is there's always, there's this time in a story where the hero gets waylaid, right? And I'm just looking at, I'm just looking at a little piece here and it says, this is from the book. It says, a hero falls under a dark spell, which eventually traps him in some wintry state akin to living death, physical or spiritual imprisonment, sleep, sickness, or some other form of enchantment. For a long time, they languish in this frozen condition. Then a miraculous act of redemption takes place, focused on a particular figure who helps to liberate the hero from imprisonment. We see it all the time in books, and we see it all the time in movies. And it's been interesting, Donald Miller's great, great storyteller. If you're going to read this book, I would recommend listening to it because he reads it, and he talks about going to movies and saying to his wife, Get ready because here comes the struggle. Here comes the, and then here comes the guide. And he says, it's always in there. So you look at the karate kid, it just came to my mind is Ralph Macchio needed that uh, old Asian dude to teach him how to fight. (laughs) Yes. No, it's there. It's there. Look, man with a thousand faces. I mean, all these books that talk about and all these materials that talk about the story. And if you go back pre, you know, pre-written, pre-written word. It's like, how were things passed on? By stories. We're hardwired to deal with this. And from a sales and a leadership point of view, you need to get into alignment with the fact that people are hardwired to already accept information on this basis. And from a selling perspective, when you start talking about, oh, hey, we've gone into a dark place or there's a problem or something else, what you're doing is you're tapping in and creating sensitivity on the part of the salesperson to look for this in the prospect, and then to present the information about them, not your product, that when you understand what they're doing, what they're facing, and when they recognize that you understand it, then you're in a position to potentially suggest an alternative, suggest an approach. You know, what he says in there is exactly that thing. It's in alignment, and you're looking for the opportunity, and you've positioned yourself correctly to help solve their problem. But they solve the problem. They're the hero, not you. Right. This is where you're showing empathy. You were saying you're trying to understand beyond the, they're looking to transform from a bad place to a good place. You're the guy who helps them get there. You're the guide. And you know, another, I'll just throw it out there is a lot of us have seen the movie Rocky. I've only seen it like 20 times, I think. But you look at his manager is that his manager is that guide who's showing him how to get there. At no point is that guy looking for credit. That guy just wants, wants to help Rocky and little claim to fame. He had a finally had a fighter who made it right. Yeah. It's hey, It's Burgess Meredith, man. He's the penguin for crying out loud. He's a little guy. You know, <laughs> hey, we're going to Stallone's going to cast him as a boxer. That'd be a very short movie. <laughs> right. So, right. So, Again, principle three is customers aren't looking for another hero. They're looking for a guide. They're looking for a guide who's going to help them. That means you understand that you have some empathy and you've got a plan that you're going to help me get there. Yeah, it is a plan. Look, 1849 California Gold Rush, right? The heroes are the miners. The heroes are those people. You're the guy selling shovels. You're Levi Strauss. You're selling. You're selling jeans. <laughs> Blue jeans. Yeah. yeah. And the sick twisted the part about, right? Exactly. The twisted part about that is who made the cash. The, the Levi Strauss guys got rich. <laughs> Absolutely. But they were they got rich, and everybody else was a hero. It's kind of that idea, but maybe not quite so mercenary. Yeah, you still get credit. We all have a chance to be the hero in some stories, but when you're selling, when you're marketing, you take on the role 
of Yoda. You be the manager of Rocky. Not You're not Rocky. Don't put yourself in that place. Help them to achieve. Right. And again, that begins with having empathy and the mindset that I'm going to help you transform. And I've got this plan that's going to help you. So principle four is customers trust a, a guide who has a plan. So again, this is a transformation that they're going on. And every story, every movie you watch is a story. And you know, the story, I, one that always hits me is And we've seen it a million times where it's a reluctant hero and the guy doesn't want to fight anymore. I'm an ex-mercenary and I no longer want to fight. I just, like Steven Seagal, I just want to cook. I don't want to do this anymore. (laughs) And then like somebody forces him into it. Like what was that movie, Taken with Liam Neeson? I just want to live a peaceful life and reconcile with my wife and kids but they keep dragging me back into it. You forced me to kill a hundred people. Yeah, but it was, what's, <laughs> what's interesting is... I was pissed off still, so I was good for it, yeah. <laughs> right, right. But what's interesting is there was a transformation. This guy wants to get back to his normal life. And if you look at Taken, that's what happens. He's forced back into this life he doesn't want, and then at the end, he's back. Right. Anyway. So when we talk about having a plan in, in you know, business, again, it's a plan that, that gives them some sense of confidence that, yeah, you're going to transform me. You're going to help me get there. Well, and that, we talked about this earlier, and, I, and I, I think it's planned. There's an open plan. There are open plans and closed plans. And when you're dealing in the realm of people, the plans tend to be closed a little more in the sense that if you're trying to move behavior, you don't walk in and tell people, exactly what you're going to do because people's egos being what they are, they'll tend to want to box it all up and take control of it and do the thing. And that gets in the way of getting where you need to be. What matters is that they believe you have a plan, that you have a method, that you have an approach, even if they don't know what it is. And that's key. Yeah. And Steve, if you notice, Donald Miller recommends that you use this story brand for websites. And I've used it. I don't do a lot of websites anymore with, but I do work with my friends over at Sunant and we have used story brand very successfully. And you, if you look, if you go over to Donald Miller's websites or you go look at some websites we've done over at Sunant Interactive, there's always a place where there's the plan. You see it on a lot of very good websites that it will have the plan. Step one, step two, step three. And usually it's call us, bing, bing, bing. We'll get you a customized plan within 15 minutes. They make it really easy for you to understand how to buy from them. Right. And if you confuse, you lose, right? If you go, hey, Steve, this is easy. You you want a truck? It's a simple 12-point plan. You go, oh, 12 points. <laughs> I'm busy today. Click. I don't. <laughs> right, right. Buy now. Yeah. <laughs> right. And yeah, exactly. And that's where we're going to is, Give me a plan. Make it easy for me to buy from you. Don't confuse this. Give me confidence that your plan is so rock solid that when I sign, bam, success is, I'm on my road to success. You're competent. This thing is going to work. There's not a lot of unknowns. I feel comfortable that that I'm not going to be surprised in a bad way. All of that stuff. And depending on what you're selling and how you're doing it, there's different levels of knowns and unknowns, and you try to take as many of them out as you can without really compromising what you're trying to accomplish with them. Right. So the next principle is customers do not take action unless challenged to take action. So Donald Miller's got this idea <laughs> that he's done over many times that he goes, if you look at websites or if you talk to salespeople, he says they don't ask for the business a lot of times. And he said, websites, it's not there. They sometimes are not clear what they sell. His are always very clear. And he says, salespeople, 
when you are passive and you don't ask for the business, they think maybe they're not confident. Maybe they don't actually believe in the product. So <laughs> these call to actions on websites and asking for the business is important. Now, it's not the first thing you talk about, but at some point you got to transition to asking for the business. Call to action. Well, how many times have you heard, say, oh, wait, did you ask for the business? Did you ask for the order? How many times have people said that to you over the years? And the real answer is, yeah, you got to do that. But what that is, is to your point, and it's about do you have confidence in what you're selling? And if the answer is, well, maybe sort of, kind of, and it's sort of tepid or whatever else, it's like, okay, you've just delivered a nonverbal cue that maybe what you're selling isn't as great as what you're saying. And me as a buyer, maybe I ought to not say yes just now. Maybe I ought to put you in the friend circle. We're not going to close a deal. (laughs) I've I've talked about this in the past, Steve. It's the sales friend zone, which I've been a a frequent flyer there. We get into And this is uh, maybe a good place to hit on Elwell's rule of sales. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're not always wild about saying it, but this is a perfect example where when I'm passive, I've kind of put a little doubt in their mind. And so talk about that (laughs) rule of sales. Okay. (laughs) So how much poop in the punch bowl before you're not willing to take a drink? Virtually none. (laughs) So, So that poop is the doubt. That is the fear in my voice. That is, that is a broken link on my website. That is missing a meeting. That is all the stuff that I've put. I put a bad taste in their mouth. <laughs> Not even, <laughs> and, you even get that far. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But he, what that gets to is if you look at the uh, punch as sales trust, right? This is, this is a deal on track. How much poop? <laughs> if it's a fly spec, you're like, I'm out. I don't need even the idea. Even if I can't taste it, the thought that it might be in there, I'm out. Right. Well, and it's even, it, it, what's sort of interesting about it is because it leads to something else that's actually fairly interesting. And that is that, oh, how good of an actor are you? Right. I don't think I'm probably a pretty lousy actor. I'm, I'm certainly not. And I'm not going to get it on the first take for sure. So how good am I at concealing my ill intentions? How good am I concealing my doubt? How good am I concealing any of these negative things that constitutes poop for the punch bowl? And the answer is, if you're talking to somebody who's skilled at looking at people, and a lot of these folks are, they're going to catch it. See, one of the hardest things to do is sell when you're not feeling it. I think also, uh, we've talked about this, when you're looking for a job or looking for your next sale, sometimes you're not confident that day. You're feeling like, oh my God, they got, I don't think I have more bills than money. And I'm not feeling, I've struck out on all these. And it, and when you get in there, you have to psych yourself up to say, I am going to be my best self even when I'm not feeling it. Right. And you may pull it off. You may be a comment, you know, you might not. But the interesting thing is, is that, look, if you're coming into this with pure heart, hey, I really do want you to be the hero. I really do want to look out for your interest. I really do believe that if I do these things, I'm going to win. I really do believe that my company and my product and my service is going to do a good job for you and I'm not acting, then it's there. What you've done is you've eliminated at least the possibility of any poop being in that punch bowl, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. But at least on those things. I mean, it might come from somewhere else, but you didn't put it there on something because you were trying to be sneaky, right? right. You know? So, but try not to be passive. And that's, again, that's the call to, call to actions, just one of many things that you need to do. 
But if it's a website, it needs to have proper calls to action. If it's a, a physical sale, you need to ask for the business. You have to be kind of going down that path. If you're putting a full-throated endorsement request for the business because you believe it into your sales process and you're doing it at the right time, it's nothing but a positive. And it does exactly what you said. And it does exactly what Miller said in that book. And because it works. Right. So the next principle is every human being is trying to avoid a tragic ending. Help them avoid that tragic ending. So they know what's at stake. Let them know that you understand what can go wrong. Help them avoid that tragic ending. Because again, this is very much an internal problem, right? They're thinking, I better not hire another poor service provider because this could be it. I could lose my job. We could lose that account. I can't take that chance. Speak to this principle. Well, that's, look, you have to take their problems seriously because if something goes bad, it's going to go horrible for them. If you're off the cuff, if you're not take, if you're not committing to their problem, if you're not committing to their outcome, well, guess what? You've shortchanged it. You've basically said, ah, don't worry about that. Even though it's the end of their career. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> you're taking a really, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, it's a, it's thoughtless and stupid as in terms of dealing with customers. Right. So they're trying to avoid this tragic end. And this, to me, feels a little manipulative, but I, but I understand why it's in there. Is there's our risk of loss, our loss aversion is greater than our desire to realize a gain. So you can use the fear appeal that he talks about. And one is, you know, make them aware they are vulnerable to a threat. And so maybe in this business right now is, hey, not everybody's getting trucks. You want to work, continue working with your little broker who dropped the ball three times last week? We have our own trucks or we have a larger network or, or we get a guarantee. Whatever it is, you're able to come to them and say, hey, that port congestion, we aren't part of it. But if you can bring them, let them know that you know these vulnerabilities, it's also kind of reminding them of the vulnerabilities. <laughs> yeah, that's also... What is it? You watch some Narcos or something on Netflix, right? And the drug dealers are always, look, take the bribe or we'll shoot you in the head, you know, plata o plomo. And is it manipulative? You're darn right it's manipulative. And it's very powerful and it's not a nice thing to be doing. And if you get caught doing it, well, guess what? They're going to take a look at you and say, well, maybe this guy doesn't have my best interest at heart. But it's also letting them know that you know what's at stake. So I say, hey, Steve, I'm doing this. Look, and you also have to honestly believe you have the best solution. Say, look, the reason you want me on your team is you know what can happen. Last week, you you had all your stuff stuck at the port. I can get it out of there. That's what we do. Yeah. And look, and that's legit. You know, what do you do? Well, we're going to do, you know, we're going to get this stuff out of the port and nobody else can do it. Or these other guys over here and that's not their primary business. Those things are all true. I mean, okay, as long as you're not making things up and doing things that are deliberately designed to manipulate someone into a decision that's not good for them. That last part is the key. Right. So the last principle is never assume people understand how your brand or your company or you can help them change their life. Tell them. And what this is, is is kind of painting the picture of what it can be. So if you say, hey, Steve, I know you've been struggling with your logistics and supply chain, I'll give you this report every week. Every Thursday, we're going to meet and I'm going to go over this. It's going to be 15 minutes. What's been taking you hours is, so I start painting this picture of this shining city on the hill, this vision of success. So don't make them wonder what that looks like. Show them. And this where, again, where testimonials help, where you say, hey, you can be like this guy. This is the after picture. (laughs) You have to answer the question of why deal with you? 
I mean, you have to be explicit about that. And in the future state and, and painting the picture of the future state for them and showing them that you understand their problems and not putting it in a, hey, you need to understand my business in order for you to get what you want. I mean, no, here's what you're going to get. Here's where you're going to go. Here's how you know we're going to help you. And here's why you should believe us. And we'll do it in enough specificity so that you believe us, but not so much that you want to hang up the phone or kick us out of your office because we're boring as hell. <laughs> I mean, because that's never happened. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So anyway, to wrap this up, again, this is all from Donald Miller's book, Story Brand, which I highly recommend. By the way, he gives away a ton of free stuff. So if you go to his website, if you go to, he's got a podcast he also has tons of YouTube videos. I think a lot of his stuff is under Business Made Simple. Great author. Great, great listen. So I listened to his book. Anyway, his whole point is make the customer the hero. And it's a very, very powerful. When you just do that one thing, when you do that one thing, make them the hero, make them Rocky, make them Luke Skywalker, and you become Yoda. You become the manager. You're the guy with the guide. You're the guy with the plan who can help them get there. Yeah, it's surprising. It's surprising how well it works. And I think you did a very nice job of, of laying it all out. And it's ancient stuff. I mean, that's the thing people don't quite, I didn't understand it until I started using it. One, how powerful it is, and then secondly, how ancient it is. So right. What I think is interesting, I know Steve won't get into all this, but Steve's taken this to kind of very much to heart. And he always says this works for employees too. So if you're working with someone, if you can make your customer or your employee feel like they're the hero, I'm not going to tell you how to get this result. I'm going to tell you the result I want. I'm going to coach you along the way and help you get there and give you credit. And I've had bosses like that. And it's not being manipulative because everyone wants to have a little bit of meaning to their life. So at the end of the day, I want to be able to say, yeah, I accomplished this. If somebody said, yeah, I followed the process. I did exactly what my boss did. He micromanaged me. There's no success in there. There's no victory in that. You feel like big whoop. I'm I'm a drone. I'm a robot. (laughs) Yeah, no, don't get me going on that. That's the kind of thing that's near and dear to my heart. And I tend to get very angry around organizations that treat their people that way. It's wrong and it's bad business and it produces a lot of red ink. And I spend a lot of time trying to fight that. Yep. It's interesting as we move into the world of AI and robots and all that, I think it's important that we also become better leaders and more human. I mean, because again, we've done this weird thing and I'm from automotive where we have these assembly plants. For so long, we wanted people to act like robots. I don't want them to, I want them to be interchangeable. I want them to put the parts on. And then after so many years of not having the success we wanted, we started saying, hey, these guys have to be part of the process. They do it 50 times an hour. Let them tell us how how to do it best. They are the process. They're the only thing, right? I've learned that there are only people. The rest of it is just tools. It's screwdrivers and, and, and wrenches and varying forms. But those things are of no value until somebody picks them up and uses them with the proper intent and puts their heart behind it. And it's incredibly powerful what happens when people engage in any sort of numbers. I see it in my work where three, four, five, six, a thousand people all decide to pull in the same direction and the changes that occur and how fast it happens off from something that seems to be so mamby-pamby. I mean, it seems like it's just a wimpy thing to be doing, but when it happens, it's like it's like the world changes. It's really surprising and it's fast. And I'll tell you, this is just a great, this is the, so I highly recommend StoryBrand again, you've heard me blab about that, but Steve, final thoughts on this? It'll change your life. This is the entry point into something that will change your life. It'll change your personal life. It'll change your professional life. 
be happy, healthy, and wealthy using this stuff. And uh, like I said, if you dig into it even more deeply than what he did in the book, you find some things that are really, uh, really makes really it. Really worthwhile. You know, it's really worthwhile. You bet. All right, Steve. So before you go, just tell us how we can reach out to you. Tell us what's going on over at iDev Partners. Oh, we, you can you can find me on LinkedIn, like everybody else. We are constantly uh, in the process of looking for uh, people to help, and you know, we're working with some folks right now that a reasonably decent sized, well known organization that's uh, frankly done very very well in the last few months. So we're we're really excited that at the changes that they've made and the future that's ahead of them. Excellent, excellent. So if you guys need a hand fixing up your company, Steve's a great guy. And again, Steve's always been a good mentor for me on on the sales side. He's got a lot of insights in that, but also he's he's been a CEO, he's been a business owner, he's been the vice president of sales, he's a lot of different roles, and he knows a lot of stuff. So um, I would highly recommend working with him. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up. (laughs) Well, thank you, Steve. Thanks for coming on my podcast and Thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 